Do you fear the zombie uprising? Are you prepared to survive what's coming? If you listen very carefully, you might just make it out alive. This is Zompocalypse Now. Well, um... That was kind of fun. It was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. I didn't get super annoyed with the dialogue between teenagers like I usually do. That's because I think that's because I was I was giggling about these middle-aged men who were writing this and trying to probably listen to a bunch of Cardi B before they started writing. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> and then they were like, I think kids say stuff like this. First of all, teenage boys are awful about women. And girls are terrible. Girls are terrible to girls. And mm-hmm. It is a weird situation. But culturally, I suppose that's about right. It is the kids around here are, are sweet as apple pie. I, you know, I don't, I can't even imagine my nephew who's 13. 15 now i cannot imagine him talking that way about women i have the teens this was definitely teens as written by 40 year old men (laughs) well but it's the same dialogue that teenagers have in most horror films yeah no i'm not i'm not saying it's not i'm just saying We didn't do any of the things. We need. We just jumped right into talk. Nobody even knows what we're talking about. Tim, you're supposed to be the adult. Must I? I'll do it. I, I, I can do it. I can. I always like to do it. I can do it. Okay. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to Zompocalypse Now. Uh, my name is Dustin, and I am here as always with uh, Tim Harvey. Hello. And and uh, Curtis Smith. How you doing? And because of The Walking Dead's uh, being off until next year, uh, we decided tonight we were going to watch a movie together. And the movie that we chose was Freaky. Uh, the Vince Vaughn body-switching comedy horror film that came out earlier this year. Uh, how did we get it to watch it? Who knows? Things happen, and you don't know, ask so, too many fucking yeah. questions. How dare you? How dare you even suggest? Uh, so that's what we watched, and we watched it all together over the internet because we're all hundreds of miles away from each other. Uh, and uh, so we are discussing it tonight on Zompocalypse Now. Very fine work, sir. Yeah, I can retire now. You guys don't need me. <laughs> yeah, well, except for to you know edit and post. Well, and- fine. Uh, yeah, so we uh, we are talking about the film Freaky, and as Dustin said, it is a Vince Vaughn is plays one of the lead characters. Catherine Newton plays the girl he swaps bodies with, and this, of course, was a Blumhouse Pictures mm-hmm. film because, of course, they make all the horror films now. And Do yeah. they really? I haven't. It, I, they make with, with a lot varying of degrees of success. Yeah, they they're, they're <laughs> very prolific, uh, but certainly. Um, this was very much a tongue in cheek. It's, you know, it's Freaky Friday with, with serial killer. So, but it is also a very cheerfully gory movie. 
Yes, it enjoyed itself greatly, being gross. <laughs> Some of those shots were just just what the doctor ordered. Mm-hmm. It's really one of those classic genre, you know, that that kind of got created with the with Friday the 13th back in the late 70s. Everybody gets picked off one by one. Mm-hmm. We identify who the assholes are, and those are the guys who are going to get killed, and that's how these stories work. It is definitely, like, very cookie-cutter. It's about this girl named Millie, and Millie is just, like, a nerd, but she's, you know, a, a, a movie nerd. Like, if she took off her glasses and stopped wearing overalls to school every day, she'd be totally hot. And actually, her friends even say that, which I appreciated that she actually, you know, had friends. Her friends are probably one of the better parts of the movie, too. They do provide that kind of that comedy uh, adding that you need. Even though what they were saying wasn't particularly hilarious or a joke, their characters, well, especially her fellow friend's character, was the kind of, it had the kind of buoyancy to keep the film afloat. Mm Mm-hmm. And the fun part is, is that they do this all with pretty much characters straight out of the stock school of characters. <laughs> so you have, you have the, you know, the are, gay friend and the, the black gay friend, friend and the black and the, friend and, and, and the, the girl who's annoying with her phone and, and the, you know, the, the sweet natured jock who she has a crush on and who secretly likes her back and, you know, the cast, the, the collection of jerky jocks because you have to have those. I mean, it's yeah. A, once again, we come back to the thing that comedy and horror have the same beats. And so what this essentially is, is it's two stock sets laid on top of each other. It is the teenage ugly duckling girl who emerges story with your standard psycho slasher teenage victim stories. And they sit right on top of each other. And they have the same characters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kind of had a Hallmark movie element too where uh, the family is having trouble, and then at the end, oh, they, right. they, you know, <laughs> every Christmas movie that a Hallmark makes. <laughs> it's a film that embra- looks at the cliches of these genres and says, yeah, okay, sure, we'll go with those. <laughs> Tell you what this movie did right, which I appreciated. We didn't get an origin story of the murderer. Well, kind of at the beginning, they talked about how, like, Every once in a while, this guy comes and, like, comes into town and kills a bunch of people. And nobody really knows who he is, or nobody really understands. Well, uh, there's nobody there to go, oh, my God, you work down at Tires Plus. Right. You know? Nobody did that. Nobody said, oh, man, I remember you when you were in high school. You were such a dork. That's probably why you kill people now. That moment didn't happen, you know? He didn't bust out in the monologue that was talking about how... Oh, you think it's bad? And blah, blah, blah. They never they didn't do any of that. Nobody even cared, and that was great. Right. I hate it, it when was they just the killer. do that because some writer thinks that they need that, and they mm-hmm. don't. They probably did write it, but threw it away, rightfully so. Well, what's interesting, the, the two writers of this film, Michael Kennedy and Christopher Landon, um, are both out gay men. Mm. And as you look at this film... There is a obviously you have one of her best friends is the is the stock gay best friend and yet he's a perfectly effective character he's not one of those you know um, there's a certain stereotype especially with horror films where 
unless, and we've talked about some films that step outside this when we talked about some of the, uh, during, during pride month, when we talked about some of the films that we were watching then, um, this is a character who actually is just as effective or ineffective as every other character in the film. I mean, there's a certain amount, there's a certain amount of, of our characters failing their way to success. Mm-hmm. Well, there, I mean, that's a, that's one of the things that I kind of liked is, you know, you kind of, I think you hit the nail right on the head is that this is like, if they took a teen comedy and they mashed a horror movie on top of it, mm-hmm. because like, all you know, all of these kids are just the dumbest kids. Like, <laughs> well, because I mean, you take the serial killer aspect away, then you've got to have this fish out of water story about a young woman trapped in a guy's body who also works at Tires Plus all day. Yes, yeah, you could you could easily have taken made this a Vince Vaughn playing a teenage girl, Catherine Newton playing a forties year old man. And made a silly comedy about it, and they did. It's called uh, what is it called? It's got Freaky Friday. <laughs> no, um, oh gosh, what is it called? Hang on, it's a Rob Schneider movie. Oh well, no wonder I don't remember it. <laughs> it's called The Hot Chick, and it's I'm... about a guy, a man, a, a fully adult man who's just a regular old dude, a dumbass, and a girl from high school who switch bodies. So it has been made before. We're in new territory because this is a slasher movie. Yeah. And, and I so think we get to watch the teenage girl kill all of her bullies, which is really fun. Yeah. You know, when they when they uh, switch bodies in the accidental ritual that was taking place during her presumed murder, um, where she didn't die from, I was wondering at that moment, how are they going to deal with the genitalia? <laughs> yeah. She's I gonna mean, have external genitalia for the first time. So well, not only not only that, but like that's a, a man. That is a man inside of a teenage girl. And they handled the issue in a very funny way. Yeah. Now, now the serial killer in her body, apparently he was per- fairly singular minded. Um, yeah, he just wants to kill people. He did cup his cup her breasts. Yes, and, and kind of like, oh, hmm, okay. And then it was on to now must go kill. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, although that they didn't sexualize any of that. It was very. Although know. they do a thing that you know the body switching movies do is like, uh, but I think they did it slightly badly here because it was completely and totally unbelievable. Uh, you know, this, the thing where, oh, the, the rebellious daughter and the, you know, like Freaky Friday, the rebellious daughter and the straight laced mom. And, you know, the mom in the daughter's body, like, dresses her more conservatively or more cutely or whatever. And, like, the, the makeover, they give each other a makeover in their different bodies. Right. And they do that in this movie, except it's the killer gives Millie a makeover. And makes her super hot and like her makeup is perfect and she's wearing like all the right clothes and stuff like that. And it's like, dude, this guy really knew what he was doing with some like eyeliner. Like he like that cat's eye was on point, you know. (laughs) See, here's the problem with Curtis's and, you know, with, with Curtis mentioned about not knowing his backstory. So for all we know, when he's not killing people. And sleeping in a, in a factory. Factory. <laughs> uh, for all we know, he's a makeup artist. 
Yeah, he works at he works at uh, the Lancome uh, uh, table in in inside the the JC Oh my God! No wonder he's not married. <laughs> Have you ever talked to a Lancome person who's <laughs> dedicated to Lancome? It's you know you can't escape. Mm. You're not getting out of that conversation until you know how to do the perfect smoky eye. <laughs> Well, yeah, I'm glad I don't like to talk to people that much. <laughs> well, the fun part is there's there's a lot. The, the film is generally overall pretty fun. And while there's a lot of jokes that don't necessarily land, there's a lot that do. But it opens up with a straight up teen slasher movie. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it. even knowing that you're going into a comedy, the first things you see are Four teens getting just murdered the fuck out of them. Yeah, and it, and it's 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 over the top and it's violent and it's very gory. And so, I mean, if you're, I think the filmmakers did a really good job by going, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, we know we know this is supposed to be funny, but wait, you have to give a Bloomhouse the credit. I think part partly for that because they've been making horror films, pretty good horror films for the last. Uh, Two decade decades, or so now, yeah, right? decade and a half, whatever. And so they like if there's anything that Bloomhouse knows how to do, it's make a, a good horror scene. Is, is buy the rights to a good horror movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes, they're, they're very good at distributing and producing, which is what you want to do. I mean, in this day and age. Uh, but and and you know, to some degree, this is a good thing for Vince Vaughn too because. Most people are used to know him as a comedic actor and think, you know, that was kind of his deal for a long time. And then he decided he was going to do serious stuff and it didn't exactly go well for some, for, for comedians. There's a lot of comedians who move over into serious work and it's people sit there and go, Oh my goodness, Robin Williams is a serious actor. Oh my goodness. Jim Carrey is a serious actor. And when Vince Vaughn did it, whatever it was the choices he made for the for the roles that he took or or whatever it was, people just didn't react as well when he was doing that. You look at something like the second season of True Detective, where he played the main bad guy. One of the biggest complaints about that season was the fact that Vince Vaughn just wasn't believable as this villainous character. And then, of course, there's the infamous Gus Van Sant shot-for-shot remake of Psycho, where Vince Vaughn played Norman Bates. I mean, it's just, it hasn't worked for him. But here he gets to do both. Mm-hmm. Be very, very silly and very, very menacing. And it works because he gets to play both against type and right on type at the same time, which is, I think, works really, really well. Usually when I see a Vince Vaughn movie, I, I expect him to be all Vince Vaughn, you know, all yeah. fast-talking, witty, quick. You know, usually yeah. in this movie, he was forced to play a, a young woman and you can tell he had a lot of fun with it, but he wasn't Vince Vaughn. And I, I appreciated how he pulled it off. Yeah. Usually um, when I watch a Vince Vaughn movie, I get to look forward to being mad at whoever put it on. Um, <laughs> I feel you know, that way about those fucking car race movies. I'm like who in the shit is watching this stuff? Although there are so many now, there are so many. Maybe we need to watch them. Maybe we need to watch the Fasts and the Furious. 
Nope, I don't. All of them, just all of them, just one right after the other until there there's nothing left. But, but I'm afraid I'll get too into the story. <laughs> we've gotten way off topic. Yeah, we've 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 left our movie behind. <laughs> but I don't know how much there is left to talk about. I mean, well, I think okay. Spoiler alert! Let's talk about how it ended. Okay. Well, I mean, how much of a spoiler is it really? You know, they freaky Friday back into their own bodies. Yeah, at the very last minute, like usual. Yeah. They thought and, they were late, but they weren't. Yeah. And that's how the teen comedy would have ended. They get back into their own bodies and they both learn something. But of course, this is a horror film too. So it has to end with the killer escaping from custody, coming out for one last scare. And, <laughs> and that's when the drunk mom and the you know, responsible older sister and stuff. He's been like kind of in the background the whole time. Help, help the main girl just kick his ass. (laughs) (laughs) It was, and it does. She mentions it in that scene, but it does suck having balls. Mm. Yeah. There's, there are two. Is it just two? There might be more than two. There's at least two solid crotch shots in this film that, Basically, you wonder why more final girls don't take advantage of the fact that groin attacks are generally effective. I don't know if that's statistically true, though, because if I'm in the moment and somebody does that, it makes me so mad. But aren't wouldn't you take every opportunity? Because if nothing else, by the way, I don't rape people. I'm talking about if I'm in like a scuffle, which hasn't happened since I was a fucking teenager. So. It's it's okay. I'm not a violent rapist who can withstand what, yeah. getting kicked in the balls. I just feel well. I probably could now because my balls are pointless. But <laughs> <laughs> they just are there. They've retreated back inside, and yeah. <laughs> it's what I deserve. <laughs> just if nothing else, it would give you a, maybe a second more runtime. You know, just from shock value alone. Yeah. 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 You, yeah. You can get, it. I mean, yeah. Right. And then, but then, of course, there's some things that I feel like the, the, the movie uh, glanced over really, like glossed over really badly. You know, she's Freaky Friday into the killer's body. So she goes to find her two best friends, the gay guy and the black friend. And she convinces them pretty, pretty quickly that she is. Uh, not the killer and that she is in fact who she is supposed to be right but then so they are helping her and everybody sees them but they don't see them helping their their friend they see them helping the murderer and there's at one point they they like steal you know like steal evidence out of the evidence locker and like get caught by the police and the police are after them and one of them was like we are all going to prison like the gay friend is like, we are going to prison. <laughs> but then <laughs> at the end of the movie, nobody even like I was waiting for some sort of like, you know, for the the sister, the cop sister to be like, OK, explain to me one more time how you ended up in this situation where you were helping the murderer. <laughs> you almost know? think, though, that this is part of that. And again, we're, we're leaning into cliches here. You have the, the family, which is struggling because of the death of a father, which they remind us of 
over, on a regular over, basis throughout the film that her father is dead. They even poke fun at that. I don't know if fun is the right word. But at the very end of the film, where he's basically mocking her for having dead daddy issues. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, they're aware of what they're doing there. But it's that bonding thing where you have the, the event that brings the drunk mom and the two serious older sister and just the teen trying to find herself in the world. You bring, you know, it's again, it's leaning right into that cliche thing and then adding a serial killer to the mix. And the good news is, as far as A, them staying out of jail, is B, they're in this movie because right. it's a movie about body swapping with a serial killer. So reality is taking a backseat. But also, the only person who sees the teenage girl in the evidence room is the older sister. So she sure. knows that they're, you know, so I'm pretty sure that when it comes time to write up the police report, she'll be like, and then a thing happens. Right. And, and you know, like we, we like to say about, about, you know, Fear the Walking, we have to take it with a bit of hand wavium, you know, oh, like, yeah. oh, you know, but I, I just, because they mentioned it more than one time, mm-hmm. I, w- I was hoping for some sort of resolution to that little beat. The well, only resolution you get is the, is the, uh, that conversation where finally she, he, and her mom, he's in the dressing room and they have this, this meaningful discussion about it. And that's the resolution you get. They finally, even though they don't realize she, her mom doesn't realize it, but they finally get to be on the same page about dad's death. Mm-hmm. I think that was a little bit of a closure. It was enough for me anyway. Yeah. Well, and you know, they do say she, cause the, the, the friends ask like, how, what are you going to tell the police? And, and they say, well, I'll probably tell them some version of the truth. And I was like, how are you going to do that? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Yeah. If the questioning lasts more than an hour, she'll crumble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It'll be There's, like, there'll be a fairly sizable hole in the story that body swapping magic daggers, going to fall into and I don't know quite how you get around a giant hole that big but apparently you know they were they were ballsy with this story they just laid some stuff out there and they're like maybe we'll get around to explaining it maybe not maybe it's not important (laughs) who cares not me (laughs) who gives a fuck about where this dagger came from or any of that doesn't matter it's there where did where did the 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 evil evil zombie making monkey come from and dead alive. Nobody cares. <laughs> Sumatran death monkey in the zoo. Okay. Why not? <laughs> On the other hand, there is a fairly large number of people here that now have to be convinced to not say anything, including her gay friend's mom <laughs> who comes home early from her, stu- I guess it's a stewardess job. Yeah. <laughs> her son's like, there's something I have to tell you. I'm straight. You're a lot of things. <laughs> not one of them. Well, because he, she comes home and, and they've got the, the killer who is the teenage girl at this point. They've, they've captured her and he is supposed to be babysitting the killer and they've got her tied up in the living room. And when mom comes home, he's like eating Cheetos with, a, with his friend t- tied up in the living room. And so he's trying to explain that to her. And then, you know, the killer gets loose and tries to attack them. Mm-hmm. 
And so, yeah, so exactly what you said, like how, what are, what is, how are we going to explain that away? Like, you know, maybe this movie was bad. Was this movie bad? <laughs> no. The, no, it wasn't a bad movie. The thing <laughs> is, in all of these kind of body swap stories, and in fact, in a lot of slasher horror films, if you stare directly at the plot and the consequences of mm-hmm. the plot, you're going to have a bad time. Have a bad time. I, you're, I, you're no, that is not why you're here. You're not here to look at the. We should not have done this. Is what I, you're saying. I knew it was going to go. I knew it was going to go kind of, kind of like that when he kicked that gate open, and the chain just breaks. There's a fucking chain on it. They don't just break like. I mean, you know, I was like, that happened in my brain for a second, and I was like, okay, I'm just going to have to let go of that kind of thing. <laughs> Well, because that's where that's where that's going to happen a lot. I bet it kind of starts off with the kills, the very first kills you see. I mean, generally speaking, the human skull is not going to take a tennis racket being driven into it from the sides. It's the hardest bone in the body. Well, if you if he hit his temples, he which he didn't. <laughs> yeah, I was fine with it. It was such yeah. a good, good, good. It was murder. so over the top. Those first kills are so hilariously over the top. He kills, uh, he shoves a wine bottle down a kid's throat. He bashes that girl's head in with the toilet lid. It's just like, it's, you know, and then the, the coat, the, the, the tennis racket thing, like it was so like perfectly over the top. I did not care. The toilet lid thing. I thought that was, that was the weakest kill in the movie. Mm-hmm. I think like a toxic avenger level kill yeah you know it's just, it's a it's a trauma films just let's make a big bloody mess here let's fill a cantaloupe full of hamburger meat put a mask on it and run over it with a car <laughs> i don't know i Classic. think that the i i was sitting here thinking maybe i think my my lead was, was like the one that hurt my suspension of disbelief the most was when he killed the girl in the cryogenic freezer that is in the school like experiments well it's it's was one of those like cryo like you're gonna go in and uh like it's gonna help with your aches and pains kind of thing it wasn't you know it was in the locker room it reminded it reminded me of uh because it had a dial on it that went to minus 300 degrees <laughs> mm-hmm. that there should be a there would be a safety mechanism that would prevent that if it was well, and, if it was and, for human beings and these but, things are designed these things are designed so there's always a way out of them because mm-hmm. they know that locking mechanisms fail and people are terrible and they might stick a, I don't know a crutch through the through the door handle there's you know these things are all designed because they don't want to get sued, but it's a horror movie and it's a silly horror movie. I think they take sperm samples from their students and sell them on the black market. Mm-hmm. Entirely possible. Speaking of which, um, we of course get Alan Ruck, Cameron, Cameron. Her, her <laughs> playing playing Cameron. the worst woodshop teacher. He is just a dick. And having been in many a woodshop, uh, in both what junior high and high school, and of course we're doing scene work in college for the uh, theater department. That is not the kind of uh, saw table 
that you actually put in a high school. But if you did, if it was, you know, the, the, the safe version, you would not get to watch him get sawed in two. In oh, twain. Yeah. Sawed yeah. in twain. Well, Lengthwise, not new. with length. Yeah. That guy uh, played his character nicely, I thought. Yeah. He's so hot. <laughs> I have had a crush Even on with Alan... That- Weird Texas mustache. Oh my god! I've had a crush on Alan Rupp since I was eight years old. Since I, since I saw Ferris Bueller's Day Off the first time, and I was like, "That is, that is, that is mine." And then you know he played that. It was on Spin City for so long, and and uh, and, uh, I just oh gosh, he's 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 good. I'm a I, I like that. I like that a lot. And yet your response to the semi-romantic scene in the backseat of the car. Oh, come on. That was <laughs> that was a little much even for me. <laughs> no. So for, again, spoilers, folks. So when the cute boy that are... Uh, the sensitive Billy, jock that liked her all along. Right. When, when he, of course, is brought on board to believing that Millie is trapped inside this, this giant man body... They have a cute romantic scene, but of course it's taking place between a teenage boy and Vince Vaughn. Oh uh, yeah. And it's it's and not great. It kind of makes me wonder if if Booker Booker's maybe not into girls as much as Booker thinks he is. Fluid. Well, Booker yeah. So sexuality fluid. is is a is a fluid thing, but you know. I would have believed that scene a lot better if he would have just, you know, been like, you know, I'm really I really like you, but I don't know, man. I, I just, I wish you had tits. Yeah. No, I, I really hope we can get your body back because uh, well, this is not going to work out if it do- we don't, yeah, you know. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not sure I could have sex with a man who's clearly 50. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then there's a... Well, because they have this really, it's this really sweet moment where he talks about how, like, he, you know, had always liked her and all this stuff. And then he's like, is it funny that I want to kiss you right now? And she's like, you know, it's Vince Vaughn, but it's the girl. And she's like, yeah, it's kind of weird that you would want to kiss me right now. And But then they kind of try to kiss. And it's like, yeah, this didn't work. But it's still like, you know, uh, it just didn't, yeah, it didn't work for me. It was just like... That, that's one of those like I need to get you know motivate her to get her body back moments like oh we're gonna you know it's gonna work if we can do it but maybe it almost feels like they were trying to go with a he actually cares about who she is versus how she looks well it, it was it was very strong commentary on the content of his character yes that he was worth not murdering <laughs> well of course, if this had actually been a real horror film, he would have died. Because, I don't. I don't know. No, she's the fi- no. She's the final girl. She has to lose the boyfriend by the end of the film. Not mm. necessarily. Most of the time. Sometimes, actually, I, if this were a regular horror movie, ain't none of those characters like the. Oh. You know, they would have killed. There were a couple of moments where I was like, "Are they going to kill like our comic relief buddies?" Like. <laughs> well, they 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 make reference right away. Uh, you know, Josh, you're uh, black. We're dead. Yeah, <laughs> they're running away. 
uh, it's you know leaning into the fact that if you're a gay character or a black character in a horror film, your odds are stacked against you. But I did I did really actually like how well they wrote bad poetry because the scene where she has to convince the boy that it's really her and she recites the poem that she left in his locker anonymously as you know high school crushes mm-hmm. go and it's terrible <laughs> yeah I mean, it's it's such an over flowery you know manufactured kind of thing that i'm like yes i can completely 100 percent think a high school boy or girl wrote this convoluted painful poem <laughs> and and the other person read it and went wow that's touching it's deep <laughs> I can it was way better it. way better than any poetry i wrote in high school yeah yeah but it's still pretty terrible so i i, I really enjoyed the fact that it wasn't like a very well-crafted poem. <laughs> it was awkward and terrible, as it should have been. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, I kind of agree. I did. I enjoyed his performance of it. It's po- poetry is a medium that is best enjoyed when spoken aloud. Sure. Now, I believe that uh, his performance of that particular uh, very juvenile and naive poem would would have uh, would not have been better. He did a great job. Vince, okay, being a, performing a bad poem as a teenage girl, he done good. Mm-hmm. Being as much as I I tend to dislike the kinds of movies that he picks to do, I don't think Vince Vaughn is a bad actor. Like he's he commits to you know his stuff and like he you know he's a good i've heard he's a a great guy like you know treats the crew nice and all that shit so you know you know i think you end up with somebody who like a lot of actors they get stuck playing a certain kind of role because they do Mm -hmm. that film that makes them you know it's the big part right that's do do that again but except in my movie because i like that what you did and, you know, the whole wanting to get away from that is something that a lot of actors understand is like, okay, I've done the comedy bit. I've, you know, there's only so much, so long I can do the guy trying to pick up girls at the mm-hmm. hotel bar. Matt, I, we've talked about it before. Like Matthew McConaughey has that whole like, I'm an affable Texan who can't get my life together. That's kind of what Vince Vaughn, I'm, I'm a lovable man child who, who, you know, hooks up with who hooks up with Jennifer Edison, but can't commit, you know, she's right. the most beautiful woman in the world and I just can't, you know, make it work. Like, you know, he played that part like 19 times. Mm-hmm. You well, think I mean, Jennifer Aniston is the most beautiful girl in the world? I, I mean, just, that's the like you know the girls that he the, the women he would be in these movies with mm-hmm. Jennifer Aniston Reese Witherspoon like uh you know just beautiful girl I can't I can't get it together to commit to the most beautiful woman anyone's ever seen in life you know you know have I mean? a long string of rom coms didn't he 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where he S- played Swingers, uh, Return to Paradise, Zoolander. I mean, he's been in, you know, uh, Starsky and Hutch, Anchorman. I mean, I'm looking at his his thing. It's this is so much of this stuff is comedy. But then you go back to something like 2000 where he did The Cell, which is wow. not a great movie, but it sure is pretty. Oh God, I love that movie. It is. It's got some uh, real I story just, problems. It's it is. so yes, visually striking, but just like. What? Well, it was directed by a guy who does music videos, so he can only tell stories five minutes at a time. That's why it, it feels so segmented throughout. Well, and it manages to work as as what it know. is as a, as a mood, as a horror mood piece. I don't know why Mitch McConnell isn't getting royalties from that movie because <laughs> he is clearly that guy with the eyes in his hands. That's Pan's Labyrinth. No, that's the cell. No, it's Pan's Labyrinth. It's Pan's Labyrinth. You guys can eat a dick. <laughs> Sorry, we're being cunty. You see words? <laughs> they use that fil- word in the film. <laughs> Do they? Yeah. Well, I didn't hear them do it. I when, she's tied, felt, when she's tied, I felt up vindicated for using it so much while we were watching it. She's tied up because to the chair. What was that girl's her? name? What was that one girl's name? The bully girl. Rando, Brand Brecken or something stupid. Hang on. Oh my god. Oh, uh, yeah. What is her name? It was really bad. Uh, Ryler. Ryler. That that was the most perfect name. We knew exactly who she was. Yeah. And we her name. Oh, this this bitch. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Ryler. She was so mean, girls. Yeah, and of course that was another thing that I I, I, ta- I said during the when we were watching the movie. It's like, you know, like the whole I don't know the whole Mean Girls thing can sometimes irritate me a little bit because I don't know if that's real. Like I don't know. I think it is because I think uh, when when people when people are only beautiful. Or they they find themselves to be only beautiful, and and there's nothing else about them. They find themselves in a situation where being interesting is important. Suddenly, they tear down everyone that's interesting, and then other people who are the same way join that little bandwagon, and uh, they feel like that they're in a position of power now. Well, those are the guys who peak too early and end up you end up like him like in that chess movie when she sees that lady pushing a baby carriage and she's got underneath it's just stacked with alcohol that's who you become <laughs> you become a lady who smuggles booze in a baby carriage because you married the football guy he works down at the hardware store now because mm-hmm. his because his scholarship didn't pan out i have fucking issues <laughs> well, we have departed far from yeah. most. Well, of there wasn't uh, honestly. Okay, the reason that this this podcast went so off the rails is because while Freaky was an enjoyable movie and it was something fun to watch, and it was great to watch it with you guys, there's not enough meat to talk about. There's just not, and. Oh. It brings us to these discussions of our high school experiences. 
because it's a high school movie. So there wasn't a whole lot to talk about, number one. And it, but it was effective in that way that we've spent the last hour or so having a conversation about all these different tropes and, 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 you know, high school experiences and stuff because we watched that movie together. So, you know, you've got to take the salty with the sweet tonight, Tim Harvey. <laughs> well, I mean, I think the movie was it was effective if it got us to think about things like that, you know. Well, and it was effective for the studio too. It had a six million dollar budget, and it even in a time when box office numbers are bad, it doubled its budget. So it made it made fourteen million. So that's not something you can complain about at this point in time. No. And uh, considering that that if you're if you're making your money back at all uh, with the film, then it's a win right now. But yeah, in the, mm-hmm. these troubled times, and you know, it's always nice for us to watch a film together that is relatively recent. This film came out the middle of November in the U.S. Uh, it had had some screenings before that at festivals and things like that. But uh, it's a new film. If you we we got a little spoilery, but not too spoilery here. I mean, and come on, let's face it. Like, you know how this movie's going to end, right? And if like, you if, if you've seen the trailers to the film, you know what you're getting in for. So, uh, if this sounds like something you would enjoy, I I would recommend it. It's fun. It's, yeah, watch it. Watch it with you know whatever friends are in your COVID pod. Yeah, you know, you could, get some get some buddies together that you are okay you feel okay about getting together with you know nobody who's coughing too much right and if you can watch it online with someone then then that works safely too but it's an enjoyable horror film that is also a comedy and it's an enjoyable comedy that is also a horror film and i don't think you can ask for more when it's clearly meant to be both of those things i love it when a movie is entertaining the fact that it is it works both as a comedy and as a horror film, um, you know, that should be. They, they did a good job. So yeah. there you go. All right, folks. So we will do this again in our next episode. I don't know what we're going to talk about next, but we have some options and we will come up with something for you. Uh, we hope that if you do see this film, you let us know what you think. If you see Freaky and enjoy it or don't enjoy it, you can let us know. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Podcasts.com. On the actual platforms where podcasts live, you can leave us a rating or a comment or and a comment. Uh, ratings and comments, of course, help people find the show. And that's always a great thing. We appreciate it when you can do that. And, uh, yeah, let us know what you think. As always, thank you, Dustin. Thank you, Tim. And thank you, Curtis. Thank you, Tim. And it's always nice when we can watch a film together. Don't get to really do that with The Walking Dead shows. So it was kind of nice to go back to what we were doing when The Walking Dead shows weren't around. So, All right, folks, thanks a lot for listening. We'll see you at our next episode of Zompocalypse Now. Zompocalypse Now is produced and recorded by Timothy Harvey, Dustin Adair, and Curtis Smith for Just Some Guy Productions. All rights reserved.